All right, Nick Smart, NFL preview number two, AFC West. I think everybody knows the answer to this question, but who do you got winning the division? Over the Chiefs. Before we started our preview shows last week, I uh, got out in front and said it's going to be a Seahawks-Chiefs Super Bowl. So I'm going to stick with that. Give me the Chiefs out West. Yeah, I love the Chiefs. It's And... You know, that part's not that interesting. The part that I do think is interesting, sports interaction over under 12 and a half uh, at minus 113. Now, you know, we'll get into the projections a little later and what everyone's saying, but I, I don't see a world where they lose five games. Um, they've got a tough schedule, but they're still the Kansas City Chiefs. So, so we'll see what that looks like. We will start alphabetically as we always do with the Denver Broncos, who are shockingly consistent when you look across the board here. Sports interaction with the over-under at 8.5 at minus 155. Uh, Sharp Football Analytics projects them at 8.5 wins. Football Outsiders projects them at 8.8 wins. You have Vic Fangio now in his third year um, with, frankly, a... Uh, a bit of a reload at corner, um, which was a, you know, usually isn't an issue for Denver, but, uh, you know, historically with, with Bailey and um, Anquan Bolt, not Bolden, Tlaib, uh, yeah. that, that had become an issue for them. But they go out in free agency, get Ronald Darby, get Kyle Fuller, and, oh yeah, by the way, draft Patrick Sertan II, who... Mm-hmm at this point doesn't even show up on their depth chart that the ninth overall pick is, is fourth on their cornerback depth chart. So we haven't mentioned Von Miller or, or uh, Bradley Chubb so far. There is a lot of talent on the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball. And then you bring in Teddy Bridgewater and maybe you're competent. So that eight and a half kind of tracks for me especially when you look at the schedule they get to play the giants and jacksonville and the jets like a bunch of terrible teams detroit i sneakily think a coaching change might help detroit a lot but uh you know setting that aside they have some gimme wins in here i'm not touching the over under i think the number's right i'm staying away from it um what do you think this team looks like this year I like what I see on paper, but the division they play in, it's just too much for me. I got the Chiefs and the Chargers at the top of the division, and you know what? I got the Raiders over them. I got the Broncos in fourth place. Now, like I said, this team, I think, is loaded on paper, but you don't win football games on paper. Um, They're going to have to go out there as a team, put it together, but, I mean, geez, uh, you're hard-pressed to find a, a real hole on this team, maybe other than the offensive line. Um, that's really the only – I mean, I, I love Dalton Reisner, and Garrett Bowles has finally come on, coming along. Um, they brought in Glasgow from Detroit, Bobby Massey, journeyman tackle. Uh, so, yeah, if they can get what they need out of their O-line, maybe they do surprise me. Maybe they do uh, – finish second or third in this division i'll tell you just to name a couple guys here justin simmons at free safety i mean this guy very well most likely is the best safety that nobody talks about um just goes out there produces consistent doesn't miss time 
but uh, maybe because his name is Justin Simmons, he doesn't seem to get the ink, the press that uh, a lot of these other guys get. Um, I believe they franchised him for the second year in a row. I'm not sure they got a long-term deal done there, but my guess is uh, L. Wayne Company are going to get something done. You mentioned Kyle Fuller. I love uh, them bringing him over to Chicago. I didn't think Chicago should have got rid of him, first of all. Obviously, his former defensive coordinator in Fangio wasn't messing around. He snapped him up real quick. Um, yeah, certain. Love the pedigree. Love the pick. And Von Miller, I think that's a storyline to monitor. I mean, is he going to be back to his dominant self? Uh, injuries have been piling up. Also, some off the field stuff. Uh, Draymond Jones, love him. Purcell, Shelby Harris, obviously Brad Chubb. I like the defense a lot. I really do. I don't think they have many holes there. Love Noah Fant. I mean, I think Noah Fant in a couple years could be the best tight end in football. We, we've been waiting for it from him too, you know? like. But he, here's yeah. the deal. He had, when, you know, he missed, I think, two or three games last year with a neck issue. But when he was on the field, it was production. And when you think about what he had quarterback, I mean, you give this guy a, a decent quarterback, I think he's going to be fine. The only thing with Noah Fant is, for whatever reason, call it bad luck, call it, them targeting other guys um he's yet to really start piling up the touchdowns yet which is rare for a tight end but um the guy moves like a receiver and he's got the body of a lineman and uh i love him i still think he's the better of those two iowa tight ends um what's his face there in uh, in detroit give me Noah fan over him any day um yeah Last thing I'll say is it's obviously all about Drew Locke. What are we going to get out of Drew Locke? I, I think there's a good chance they move on from him and bench him by what? Week five, week six. I'd be surprised if it got that far. Yeah. It, you know, it's going to depend on where they think they're at. Right. Well, it, here's what I would say. Like, their bye week is week eleven, so they're not they're not going to wait that long for Teddy Bridgewater, right? No, no, no. But there's a world where, you know, they they open the season um, on the road twice, but still it goes Giants, Jacksonville, Jets. Like, you know, that's that's about as bad mm. a run as you're going to get. So <laughs> if Drew Locke after the first two games is zero and two. Um, yeah. I think he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I just, part of me wonders that, cause we all know who Teddy Bridgewater is, right? Like look yep. what he did in Carolina last night with pretty good weapons, which is why I think Darnold's going to do all right this year. Um, I just, I think we might get to a point here where the, the Broncos look at themselves in the mirror, realize they're in the AFC West in the heat of Mahomes' prime with Herbert coming on, I think they might just go down with the ship with Locke this year. And just mm -hmm. like I said with Darnold, know with absolute certainty going into the draft, going into next year, that, okay, we are cutting ties. We're moving on. This isn't the guy. Because think about it. If, if they're 0-3 or 0-4 or 1-4, or like what's even the point? of bringing in Bridgewater, right? Like, it's not like he's going to turn around the ship and guide you in an AFC West title or, or a wildcard berth, right? Yeah. So, and with Bridgewater, we kind of know, whereas Drew Locke, maybe you give him the last 
six games and you know he finally clicks and and you got your you got your your position figured out next year right yeah at the end of the day the pink elephant in the room is as much as i like patrick Sertain, elway and the broncos passed on some pretty good quarterbacks this year yep that's the elephant in the room yep i mean there's a good argument to be made that it should be justin fields on the broncos i think a, a really good fucking argument the more i i say it out loud so make with you know, make that what you want. I was and shocked. I, know I'm, I was shocked they didn't take a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Everybody thought they were. The yeah. way I always been treating the position, I mean, it's time, right? I mean, they took Paxton Lynch. So if, if you're Elway, you take Paxton Lynch one year, and then a couple years later, you, you pass on a guy like Fields. I mean, I mean, it's amazing to me. And last thing I got to say, and I mentioned it a couple weeks ago because I wanted to get it in front of it. Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a surprise cut at the mm-hmm. end of the preseason, mm-hmm. because the way they like this second round pick and Javante Williams, you don't draft a running back as you know, in the second round to sit around. Right. Yep. We all know Javante Williams is going to play. And it sounds like he's, you know, the second coming of Frank Gifford already. Right. So I just don't see how it's going to work out good for Melvin Gorn. And honestly, I think, I think it might be just time. I think it would be best for him to find maybe a new situation because I, I just I see this getting pretty disgruntled when we get to week four. And it's, I mean, maybe even earlier, maybe as early as week two. And it's, you know, an 80-20 split. And, and Javante Williams is getting the 80, right? I, I just, do you see Melvin Gordon staying happy that way? I don't. No, but I mean, Melvin Gordon strikes me as a guy who's just not going to stay happy either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's part, yeah. part of what's That's there. fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Bunch of stuff from the research that I just think is fun for people to know. In 2020, only 49% of the passes Drew Locke threw over 15 yards were catchable. Of the 38 quarterbacks with over 30 attempts over 15 yards downfield, Locke's rate of throwing a catchable rank, pardon me, catchable ball, ranked fifth worst ahead of only Dwayne Haskins, Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz, and Sam Darnold. Oh, dear. That's a group you want to be in the conversation no. with. Yeah, exactly right. Um, One thing he's got going for him, man, is you look at this wideout depth chart. I mean, they're getting Cortland Sutton back. They were already pretty deep and pretty talented, even without arguably their best receiver in Cortland Sutton. And I think Jerry Judy is just going to keep getting better and better. I love KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick. I mean, find me a better fourth, fifth receiver than Tim Patrick in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, and probably part of missing Sutton Denver's offense was tied for second with 39 drops and led the NFL in drop rate so even when Locke would throw a catchable ball they were having a hard time catching it Uh, and finally turnover differential minus 16 in turnovers last year Uh, 32 giveaways 16 takeaways Um, 23 of those giveaways of course were interceptions so you know, an upgrade at quarterback upgrades this team a drastic amount, um, especially yep. with some wide receivers back and you reload on the defensive side. I get listen, I get the Denver situation that they're like, hey, we're we're up against Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes, and so we're gonna be five deep at corner and figure out how to rush the cornerback. That like it's I don't think it's gonna work. I don't think that's the way you do it. I think the the way to beat that team is to score more points. You can't slow them down enough, you know, um, to negate them. 
but hey they're trying something i can't i can't blame them too much so you've got this team fourth in the division i think they're third i think vegas brings up the rear here uh i'm not shocked if they're fourth though especially like really if if we get we talked about how we might go back and change some of our predictions if we are there ready to start week one and drew lock is still the quarterback for this team and just no way there's there's no way i can take that seriously of of course it's not going to go well there Anything else on the Broncos before we move on? No, but now hearing that you have uh, the Raiders in fourth, uh, I have a lot to say about that when we get to the Raiders. Because if they do finish fourth, let's not beat around the bush here. That means Mayock's gone, right? Yeah, Mayock's got to be. And you, I mean, there's an intelligent conversation to be had about Gruden, too. Gruden, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say Gruden, and then, then I thought about his contract. And I was yeah, like, you know yeah what? that's the part that, like, but, like, if you understand some cost fallacy, yep. you know, um, but I, I guarantee you that uh, Al Davis's son does not. Right. Yeah. Well, there is some of that for sure. I mean, the way you can just tell by the way uh, Mark Davis cuts his hair that uh, he doesn't have many clues about anything. All right. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, both of our picks to win the division. Not a lot of big departures. Damian Williams goes, but they've kind of reloaded mm-hmm. at running back anyways with Edwards Hilaire a couple, or pardon me, a year ago. Um, so I, I don't think they're too fussed on, on that front. You don't love losing your left tackle, uh, Eric Fisher going to the Colts, but they, you know, go ahead and bring in, uh, I think it's Orlando Brown. That's oh my God, Orlando Easy Money Brown, man. I'm not, I'm not positive the Raiders traded away the wrong tackle. Mm. Like I know they gave Ronnie Stanley dancing bear money. He's got, you know, the pedigree. He is a dancing bear. They paid him, but he did get hurt. And honestly, I think Brown's the the bully of the two. Yeah. I think he's got that Quentin Nelson bully mentality in him. I've seen him run block and you got to love a guy that plays on the right side, but wants to play on the left. Yeah, and the the early projection is is that he's going to end up on the left side here. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean uh, that would have been the prerequisite for any trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean he if he was going to get traded and be a right tackle, I'm sure he would have been happy staying in Baltimore. Yeah. Where his father played, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yes, his father was the one that took the flag in the eye. So uh, speaking of that, so. Brown is a spectacular run blocker. And then you add in Joe Thune, the left guard position as well. Uh, their big free agent acquisition, $16 million mm-hmm. a year for that guy. You know, I get the feeling that, you know, people forget a lot about Kansas City's desire to run the ball. That as much as it is, uh, in a way, the greatest show on turf nowadays. Um, well, let's put it this way. Uh you know, they will throw the ball 4% more than the league average uh, on first down, right? Patrick Mahomes, you give him the ball 4% more, but they're still running it 46% of the time on first down. Um, and then they kind of come in a little lower than league average on the second and, and normal on third. So like Andy Reid still wants to run the ball. He does not want this offense to be completely one-sided and just the Patrick Mahomes show. Um, I think, I think you're going to see a lot of Edwards Hilaire this year, uh, just going down the left side and working off play action and basic shit like that. Yep. 
if you I do go ahead. Oh no, so we're gonna finish up. I was just gonna say if you want to argue against this team, the the best argument against Kansas City this year is a nightmare of a schedule. So here are the first five weeks. Uh home for Cleveland, at Baltimore, at Chargers, at Philly, which is the easy one, and then home for Buffalo. So I mean, four out of five of those games are bangers. You know, if Philly feels like a bye week, but whatever. Um, and two of those five games the, are on Sunday night. The Eagles will give them a game. You watch. Yeah, maybe. they And, and they might. Um, they, ha- like, the schedule is just a nightmare, you know. They get Vegas twice and they get Denver twice, and that's kind of like the letdown. But, you know, their, their easiest games are, like, Eagles, they, Washington, who I think might be a little good, and They got the Jets, Cincinnati. right? Uh, I don't see a Jets game on here for them, no. Oh, no? Shit. No. No. The Broncos played the Jets, though? Yeah. Shit. Yeah, probably just last place. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I think we both agree this team wins the division. They are very good. Their schedule is going to be very hard. I think there's going to be a lot of entertaining games. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Kansas City's a great team. What do you got? What I got is you mentioned Joe Thune. The guard, the free agent acquisition guard I want to mention is former Pro Bowler Bear Kyle Long of Howie and Chris Long fame. Um, Kyle Long with the Bears in his prime was a hell of a Pro Bowl guard. Uh, you, you can kick him out. He can play tackle on a pinch. Now, he did retire with the Bears. Um, injuries were taking its toll. He did retire. He spent a year out of football. Biggest question is, what do his legs have left, right? I mean, if they can get him playing at anywhere near where he used to play, I think they're going to be laughing all the way to the bank with that deal myself. Um, you mentioned the running back position. Obviously, uh, Edwards Hilaire, the focal point, but don't forget guys like Daryl Williams and Darwin Thompson, who just the fact that Darwin Thompson is still on the roster tells me they like him. Because they've just been so deep and haven't needed them for so long now that, yeah. man, surplus of goods. And the the one running back I got to mention, though, is Jarek the Jet McKinnon. Brought him over from San Francisco, man. If you think, oh, man, I the way McKinnon played last year for the 49ers, coming off just like three back-to-back-to-back catastrophic injuries, was just amazing. It was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. If Jared McKinnon is healthy and he's running as fast as he can, man, this this could give a whole new layer to this Chiefs offense. Um, that was one of the most underrated, under the under the radar moves, I think, of the offseason among the whole league was Jared the Jet McKinnon coming to KC. Um, a couple other ads, though, I want to mention. Jerron Reed. I mean, anyone who's listened to the show knows that Jerron Reed going back to his Seattle, going back to his Alabama days. I've been a big fan, man. And for the Chiefs to get him, and it's looking like he's not even going to be starting for them. So the fact that they can bring a fresh Jerron Reed off the bench and rotate in next to Chris Jones, I mean, come on. It's almost not even fair. You got Frank Clark out wide, Taco Charlton. Another one I want to mention is Mike Hughes, recent first-round pick of the Minnesota Vikings, and I don't think the Chiefs had to give up more than like a fourth or a fifth to get him. They got him dirt cheap. 
And we've all seen this before. The Patriots did it for years and years when they were winning Super Bowls. They go buy low on a guy who, quote unquote, might have busted. And then suddenly he's not a bust anymore. And they look yeah. like geniuses. Um, yeah. Andy Reid and uh, the GM was at Brett Veach, I think it is, uh, doing great jobs. And my last take here is I read this week that Travis Kelsey claims the pronunciation isn't Kelsey. It's Kels. And that the media just kind of got it wrong and he's running with it now. Um, also, a funny story regarding his father doing work and just kind of accepting that people were going to be calling him Kelsey. So it sounds like the family name got changed out of pure laziness to stop correcting people. So, Jeez. yeah, yeah, it's interesting how uh, how that all worked out. But yeah, go Chiefs. I, I think they win the division. I. I'm going to hold off to say, uh, I don't know if they're going to beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be there again. Uh, quick note on the depth chart here. You know, Sammy Watkins leaving means McCool yep. Hardman's going to come in as the third wide receiver and yep. good fucking luck defenses where you're yep. like, okay, you have to double Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. And then, so you're going to leave Hardman in a foot, foot race with someone. Yeah, it's, exactly. it, it's an unsolvable problem. Like, there's no such thing in football, but it's it's pretty close. Um, you got three guys who can, you know, get free mm. in one way or another. Uh, Kelsey using his body a little more than speed, but like yeah. real scary situation for other teams. And I like Byron Pingle a lot too. Uh, Pringle, he's uh, he's a guy that's yep. made some plays. And I'm just looking at the tail end of their depth chart, and one of uh, this show's favorite white whales, former Cleveland Brown Antonio Callaway. Oh, wow. He's coming in on the end of that Chiefs uh, wideout. And we all know, we all know what's going to happen there. Come week five, come week six, you'll be, people are going to be scrambling to their free agent list on on their fantasy site, going to grab Antonio Callaway because he caught a touchdown from Mahomes in prime time. You watch, man. Yep. I'll say that now, and that will happen. Well, up until the point that. He, yeah, he finds <laughs> he finds a way to get knocked out of the league, you know. Like, yeah. This this is got, it's a person who has idiocy that seems to have no bounds. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, okay. The Las Vegas Raiders. Have... I just had sorry. Can I add one last thing on the <laughs> sure, Chiefs? Sure. The Canadian Duvernay Tardif yep. took a year off to battle COVID. Now he's back. I mean, how many doctor NFL players are there, right? And is he's he Canadian. Back? Yeah, he is. Okay. Now, our lads has him behind Kyle Long on the right guard depth chart, but I have to believe that's only a formality. You would think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they both didn't play football last year, but I think Duvarney Tardif was doing a little more noble stuff. Sure, for sure. Um, all right. Raiders back. Uh, you know... We talked about their draft, and it feels worth bringing up again. They draft three safeties in their first five picks, uh, including a second, third, and fourth round pick. When, of course, you know they uh, drafted Jonathan Abrams what two years ago now or something, um, and that guy's a bit of a you know health as a skill as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that that guy's kind of the poster child for that. Turns out, if you treat your body like it is supposed to participate in a car crash. Eventually the car crashes catch up with you. Um, I don't, you know, 
you would think, based on everything that you see, read, and hear, that the quarterback situation in Las Vegas is a giant drama show. But you never actually hear it from the Raiders. It's always people around the Raiders saying, Gruden wants somebody else. They're going to be in on this guy. They're in on that guy. They want mm. this. They want that. Mm. And it turns out they never get like, like they never get any of those guys. Mm. They don't end up with new quarterbacks. And we're here ready to start the season. Uh, David Carr, old as shit. <laughs> um, and getting paid a boatload of money is, is going to be heading up the team for another year. Uh, I think it makes sense that they're trying to improve in the offensive line. Uh, I don't think that unit has been historically good for them over the years. Um, they are still ranked number 22, according to, to Warren Sharp. So like when your offensive line is bad, and you have to play Denver twice, and you have to play Kansas City twice, and P.S., uh, there's a little guy named Bosa playing for the Chargers, you're going to have a bad time. So, yeah, Waller's a good story. Um, I think you need to be looking out for Henry Ruggs. I think he's just going to keep getting better, and the games that he played well in were the games that Vegas played well last year. It's hard to find the wins, you know, over under for this team under seven and a half minus 168. I was like, shit, are they going to lose 10 games? And then you look at your their schedule and they open Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Miami, Chargers, Chicago. Like, OK, so they beat Chicago in that and the rest are at least questionable. Um, and then P.S. That doesn't even factor in that you still have Kansas City twice on your schedule. So uh I don't see where it happens for this team. Um, they won eight games last year. Okay, you know, uh, like congratulations, but like I don't, I don't see how that number gets any bigger. Um, and their defense is still pretty bad. I don't think they did much that's going to help them with the pass defense, and that's been the part that they've they've been struggling in. So. Uh, I think this team is fucked. I'm not going to be surprised if it wins five games, actually. Uh, what do you think? Well, I want to start with the offensive line. Um, you brought it up. Uh, I mentioned it on the time on the show that I didn't understand why Mike Mayock pulled the plug on Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson, two mainstays, two staples, two perennial pro bowlers on this line. Gabe Jackson got scooped up by the Seahawks. Rodney Hudson got scooped up by the Cardinals. Two teams competing for a Super Bowl this year with legit chances. Mm -hmm. What's that tell you, right? A shitty team lets go of two, you know, okay, maybe they're not still all pro linemen, but they're plus starters. And two teams that have their hearts and minds on the Super Bowl not only pick them up, but plug them in as starters on their offensive line. So, I mean, right away, you have to know you fucked up. Right from the jump. Yeah. Right? Both those teams are laughing. Seahawks, Seattle, Pete Carroll's, I mean, God. Put Gabe Jackson be beside Dwayne Brown. Are you kidding me? Like, it's, it's like he fell on his lap. And the Cardinals have been looking for a center as long as I've basically been alive. 
So they're loving Rodney Hudson over there. Again, I don't understand it. I understand you want to get younger on the O-line, but why? Like, those guys were still playing at a great level. You didn't like their cap hit? All right. I just, I think at the end of the day, this could end up costing Mayock his job, right? I mean, people people are going to want answers at the end of this year when the Raiders don't make the playoffs and they, you know, have a shit year, right? So that goes down to the Alex Leatherwood pick, right? Everybody, everybody, draft pundits, fans, you name it, were shocked when the Raiders took Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama in the first round. Nobody, nobody had him on a first-round grade. Some, I think some scouts gave him like a, a third or a fourth-round grade, for God's sakes. And that would be one thing if it was an isolated incident, but let's go back to Mayock's first pick, Clee Farrell. Guy's looking like a total bust. Yeah. I mean, how many stud defensive ends did they take him over, right? Now, they did bring in Yannick Nagaku, who uh, had cups of coffee with Minnesota and Baltimore since getting out of Jacksonville. I mean, very short stints with those two teams. Now, um, hopefully, has found his long-term home with the silver and black. Still a big fan of his. I think he's still got some football left to play. Big fan of Nick Morrow, my uh, namesake uh, for linebacker for them. Uh, I think he's a great player. I think Corey Littleton's still got some ball left. You mentioned the safety they took this year in the second round, Trevon Morig at a TCU. I've heard nothing but rave reviews. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think he's going to be the next Ed Reed overnight, but it sounds like he's uh, the real deal. It sounds like uh, he can do just about everything, and he does it all well. The Raiders have tried with their defensive back group. They really have. I mean, look at Damon Arnett at Ohio State. They invested a first-round pick into him. Uh, Trayvon Mullen, second-round pick. Jonathan Abram, obviously, first-round pick. Carl Joseph's back for another tour of duty, another former first-round pick of them. They've been trying. They've just been swinging and missing, right? I mean, you can keep throwing first-round picks at a position, but uh, at some point you got to hope to maybe not hit a home run, but at least hit a double, right? So uh, hopefully they can get some at Arnett this year. As far as the offense goes, they brought in Kenyon Drake over from Arizona. A lot of people were shocked about that. Um, I know fantasy-wise, a lot of people were expecting more to Kenyon Drake last year. Sounds like he's being brought in to be basically the third down back. That's quite the indictment on Josh Jacobs' receiving skills, I think, with what they've invested in him. Um and you still got Jalen Richard behind Kenny Drake, who is one of the, in my mind, one of the best third down backs in the game. So, and Theo Riddick behind him. So Gruden's going a little off the reserve here because he's got three receiving backs rounding up his depth chart. What I'm getting at here is if Jacobs gets hurt, I mean, I guess Drake's up next, but Bringing in Drake seemed like an odd move to me. Maybe uh, Gruden will make me eat my words there. As far as the O-line goes, two quick final notes. Everybody's favorite uh, psychopath, sociopath, Richie Incognito back for another tour duty. Interesting that he's on the same team as the recently out-of-the-closet Carl Nassib. Um, Penny, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall of that locker room, right? Because we all know how it worked out in Miami with Bullygate and Jonathan Martin. John the Martin was still in the closet. I mean, yeah. not that he's since come out of it, but I've always had my suspicions. 
Um, brought in downtown John Brown, former Cardinal, former Bill. I mean, I like I it when, an, yeah, anytime anyone brings in John Brown, I'm happy about it. Yeah. No, exactly, right? Um, Nelson Aguilar walked in free agency to the Patriots, and they, I think they've got a perfect replacement in John Brown. Yep. Um, they're still hoping to get more out of Brian Edwards. And last note, Colton Miller, I, I still think needs to play better for them at left tackle. But yeah, Willie Sneed in from Buffalo, Zay Jones in year two from uh, also, oh, sorry, Sneed from Baltimore. But you get my drift. I like the depth that received for the Raiders. So we'll see what happens. And Darren Waller very well could finish as the tight end number one in fantasy over Kelsey this year. Um, on that note, note from Football Outsiders, Las Vegas threw only 11% of passes to the player they designated as the number one wide receiver, usually Henry Ruggs. Every other offense was at 17% or greater, but the Raiders led the league with 33% of passes thrown to tight ends. That yeah, Waller and, and, situation and, could be probable. Yeah, and let's not beat around the bush there. By the end of the year, uh, Nelson Aguilar was the one a receiver for Derek Carr. There's a reason the Patriots went out and paid him. Uh, Aguilar had a great season for the Raiders last year. He had a nice year, but I like. I think Henry Ruggs is the better player and and will be long term. So, he wasn't last year. Yeah. He wasn't last year. Um, there has been some concern with Ruggs, but it sounds like Gruden, rightfully so, is going to go down with the ship this year and just kind of like circling back to what I said about Drew Lock. Make sure that we know one way or the other, right? I don't think there's going to be any doubt with Henry Ruggs at the end of the year. The only doubt there could be is if he gets hurt early and we still don't know. Right? All right. The Los Angeles Chargers, uh, I would say arguably the most interesting uh, team still, uh, you know, without the hype around it right now. So the Sharp Football Review starts by asking how does a team with philip rivers and justin herbert lose a season worth of games by one score in a two-year span um so just to skip ahead on the math for you that's 16 games over two years that they lost by one score um quote beyond bad luck the first place you have to look is coaching what is this team doing late in games how aggressively are they trying to win what is their go no-go situation like how often are they calling their best plays how often are they being too conservative and unfortunately former head coach anthony lynn failed miserably across most of those critical elements since he became coach end quote this to me is going to be one of the great examples in football of the importance of head coaching in the sport uh over under eight and a half from sports interaction but you gotta lay 223 dollars to win 100 on this i think the secret's out everybody thinks they're winning nine games uh sharp projects them at nine football outsiders projects them at 7.3 actually has them you know on the on the projection side has them third uh, or pardon me last in the division i don't see that happening i think justin herbert is a revel revelation uh, I, I think Joey Bosa is a spectacular player. Um, it, this team, sure. Their schedule is hard. Like that. I think we've talked a lot about schedule today. This is a team that's on the harder side of schedules as well, but 
you know, you look, you look at the talent. There's so much talent there. And if you just have competent coaching, not even great coaching, just competent coaching, um, I think this team wins. They could win 12. Like they, there's a world where like these guys go like win 12, Kansas city wins 13. And we're talking about the AFC West being the best division in football. What do you think? I think I like the Chargers, but they happen to play in the same division as the Chiefs, right? Yeah. So it is what it is. Uh, they better hope for a wild card berth. I think they can get it. It's going to be tough. They're going to need their own line to play better than they did last year. They're going to need their own line to stay healthier than they did last year. Um, certainly Brian Balaga, I can tell you that much. I know they like Rashawn Slater a lot. Very, very strong kid. I have height concerns with him. I, I wonder sometimes maybe if his future might be a guard. I don't like my left tackles that – I don't want to say short, but I want I like my left tackles a little taller than yeah. Rashawn Slater is. Yeah. Um, at receiver, obviously, uh, perennial stalwarts, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. We've talked about Mike Williams a lot over the years. Um, it's a contract year for him. My prediction is he's going to go ball and get paid. I don't know if it's going to be from the Chargers or if someone's going to overpay him in free agency, and then they're going to regret it year two into the deal. But I, I think Mike Williams is going to go out and ball this year. I think he's going to put up big, big fantasy numbers, touchdowns especially. I'm going to go out and predict, what is it, they play the Chiefs in week 13, you were saying? Uh, yes, 15. Yeah. Thursday night football week 15. And so me in for Mike, big Mike Williams catching two touchdowns in that game. I'm that confident. If, so he's, yeah, I, if I, he's on the field. Yeah, if he's, if he's on the field. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be fine at receiver. Um, Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton. Guyton last year, he, uh, he caught some real good deep balls. I like that. Let's see if we can if he can add uh, some mid range uh, stuff to his game this year. Uh, they brought in Jared Cook from New Orleans, the uh, the Raiders, the Rams, the Titans. I think I got all of them. Um, for his age and his mileage, still one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, I think him and Herbert are going to do good things. Of course, they lost Hunter Henry to the Patriots. I'm not sure Jared Cook's that much of a downgrade. I'm really not. I know Hunter Henry's the younger guy, but give me Jared Cook any day of the week, twice on Sunday. I'm a big fan. Great player. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Consistent. Yep. He's been, you know, he, 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 he toughs it out. He goes out there and plays banged up. Um, yeah, I'm not really too much to say at running back. Uh, another year of Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, and uh, Joshua Kelly mixing in. Uh, I know they got the rookie Larry Roundtree the third. We'll see what they get out of him. Uh, you mentioned Joey Bosa. I was actually a little disappointed in Joey Bosa last year. He wasn't actually as dominant as I thought he'd be. Um, they brought in Limbaugh Joseph from Minnesota. Big fan of him. Uh, he's going to help the run game. Uh, big guy in the middle. Uh, love Kazir White at linebacker. I think Kenneth Murray's best ball still ahead of him. Derwin James is, is an interesting case. Um, if he, I'm not even sure Derwin James has to play that great this year. He just has to sustain health and he's going to get paid. Yeah. Like he doesn't have to go out there and ball, man. 
which is a, a very strange thing to say for a guy to not to not go out and ball and still get paid. But the only thing people are looking for for Derman James this year is just number of games played. I think, and I I, I feel pretty safe saying that if he's out there, he is gonna ball. The guy's a freak, playmaker all over the field. Just needs to stay healthy. Um, Chris Harris at Nickelback. Still one of the best slot corners in the league. And yeah, I, I mean, you know, looking at their defense on paper, they could be a little bit better in the middle. And maybe they're still short of a pass rusher opposite Bosa on the other side. Of course, uh, the breaking news uh, earlier in the week, uh, they've now officially lost Melvin Ingram to your Steelers. So there's a hole there that they didn't address in the draft. Maybe they feel like they have the depth and they have the next guy to step up and prove that this is a next man up sport. But until I see it, I won't believe it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the offense, but the defense to me does leave some things to be desired. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're a Derwin James injury away from being in trouble again, in my opinion. Uh, interesting note here from Warren Sharp on why bet the under. So they project nine. Why would it be under? One of the most unstable statistics from year to year at quarterback is performance when under pressure. Herbert did the unthinkable and led the NFL in passer rating when under pressure as a rookie. Odds are low that his numbers will be as good against pressure this season, leading to a potential regression overall. Something to keep an eye on. I don't know the variance there, but like maybe he's just got it and he's fine under pressure. But yeah, in general, quarterbacks, you put them under pressure, they're not loving it. Yeah, no. Um, And what you just said there about odds are that that number will come back down to earth. I think odds are all of his numbers are going to be down yeah. this year compared to the rookie year. But and that's you not going to be you get defenses yeah, get exactly. taped, you know? yeah. Yep. The sophomore slump is a real thing for some guys. Yep. And I don't think it's going to be a testament to anything long term. I just think, you know, it's not always going to be happy go lucky go out there and just ball all the time. There's going to be some adversity, especially in this division, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to get hit. He's going to find himself on his back. He's going to get dinged up. Like I said about this O-line, I'll tell you, man. I know I just ripped Mayock a new one for for what he did to his O-line. And I, I like Lindsey. I like Bulaga. But, man, I don't know, man. This O-line kind of gives me the, uh, the willies if I was a Chargers fan. Uh, anything else on the Chargers before we move on? There was a meme going around. I feel like I have to mention it. Um, Mm -hmm. Side-by-side screenshot comparison of Calvin Megatron Johnson's height and weight versus Justin Herbert's height and weight. And again, we're talking about one guy who's nicknamed Megatron, right? Turns out Herbert's taller than him and same weight. Yeah, it's wild. I, I mean, the amount of people that would blow their mind is... A long list, right? So it's it just goes to show you what kind of freak we're dealing with here, right? I mean, he he throws, you know, like Brady or Rodgers and all these, you know, shorter quarterbacks, but yet he's six six and he can go run you over. It's it's almost like you know, 
him and Josh Allen to a certain extent are the new breed. You know, six five, six six guys who can move with big arms. Yeah, I, I, mobility is increasingly becoming necessary. Oh my god! Um, as you know, the talent at offensive line is kind of thinning out, right? Like you got thirty two, oh, you got thirty two teams. Yeah. So this, yeah, it, it gets pretty ugly at some yeah. points. When you compare D lines to O lines league wide, it's. Yeah, I mean, teams are having a hard time just getting five guys to call starters. And you know what? Like, we've talked about that at the quarterback position in years past, that this league's just having a hard time finding 32 guys Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that are our star caliber, right? I mean, I feel like three years ago, we had five to six guys who were starting at quarterback who we all knew were career backups. Yeah. Um, It makes me happy to know, though, we are two weeks away from the first football game being played. I get that it's preseason. It's the Hall of Fame game. It's not a real thing. But we're going to see guys and pads hit each other. And I'm I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped that uh, that's what we're going to see out there. Two, uh, two final notes on the Chargers. Just from a uh, coaching staff point of view, um, obviously rookie head coach Brandon Staley uh, coming over from the Rams – almost kind of like a, a McVay clone to a certain extent, only the defensive version of it, right? Mm. Um, so the Chargers obviously think or obviously hoping that they've got the next lightning in a bottle McVay-type coach. And the other one I wanted to mention is they're bringing over Joe Lombardi uh, from the Saints, who has had a really good run under Sean Payton. They're bringing Joe Lombardi over to be the OC here. Um, very, very famous surname in this sport, obviously. Very good coaching bloodlines there. And I thought it was a great hire. I really do. We've got a big UFC fight night this weekend. We talked a little bit about it last time, so we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. But I think you and I both just want to see Corey Sandhagen beat the shit out of TJ Dillashaw. Oh, my God, yes. Nothing would bring a bigger grin to my face Saturday night than seeing Dillashaw get his lights turned off. Um, and I will reiterate my love for this Miranda Maverick Macy Barber fight. Uh, I would strongly recommend people watch that. So, <laughs> I I guess I've got to uh, say it. Um, Chris Brown's the greatest choke artist in the history of the National Basketball Association. Chris Paul. Yeah. Did I say Chris Brown? Yeah, 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 Chris Paul. Uh, <laughs> Chris Brown's a whole different kind of asshole. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Now that I think about it, I haven't heard his name in a while, so he must be keeping his nose clean. Well, some things you can't be forgiven for, you know? No, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah, once, yeah, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, like once, uh, yeah, you put a hand on a woman, that's his with you for life. I'm just saying, like, for the train wreck that he was there for a period of time, I'm surprised. You know, and now I don't go to TMZ.com every day and, and read the rags and, and, you know, the National Choir and shit. But yeah. from at least in my stratosphere, I haven't heard Chris Brown's name for a meaningful period of time. No, agreed. I have not. I have not heard much about her at all or him at all. Pardon me. Um, Back to Chris Paul. I, you know, this guy... Uh, you know, his time on those Houston teams, the number of times that they had a 3-2 lead and didn't close. 
Uh-huh. I think it was more with the Clippers. Clippers too, but like this is a guy who just hasn't done it. And like if you want to talk about what a true superstar looks like, we just look at the other side of the floor. The Greek freak, Greek freaked all over uh the NBA finals when it was winning time. This guy shows up with 50 points. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and ha- uh, who's gonna, who's gonna guard bad, him? a historically bad free throw shooter who goes 17 for 19 in yep. the clinching game. Yeah, that's good. Um, Even though he takes like 12 seconds per shot, I don't think it's actually 12 seconds. Like uh, it's long. It it's long. He, it like might he be, dribbles five times, five to six times. I think it's, it's four right, times too many. I think it's right at that like 10 second mark that they give people. It's yeah, it's definitely it's, too long. It's too long. The the thing Turn where like baseball. the thing where fans start counting to ten though it's like yeah. I don't trust the Phoenix fans to be you know doing a a real second because yeah. it was it yeah. was a lot of one two three four and it's like that's not what a second is guys like yeah. and out, you know with the numbers that we just presented I'm not sure it didn't help them yeah right well, I mean. When the when a whole building makes it blatantly obvious no, that he was, they, they were want... home, they were home in Game Six, though I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I'd be curious to see his his free throw shooting numbers on the road because when a when a stadium full of people makes it blatantly obvious they prefer one outcome, aren't you a little more motivated to give them the outcome they don't want? I you would think. I don't know that getting into your own head like that. You know what I mean? Like with yeah, no, I get throws it. would uh, I get would be helpful. Um, I'll try to find home away splits here for you. At the end of the day, I think the blame should go on Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Monty Williams. Uh, you know, Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson, guys like that. I I don't think I don't think the blame should go on Chris Paul, man. I think the fact that he got him there at that age with that kind of mileage, I think he just needed a little more help, man. I, I, I think that had something to do. Where was Devin Booker, man? Devin Booker the past two years has been one of the the best scores in the NBA. He disappeared in the final, man. I, I don't give a fuck what anybody says, man. Devin Devin Booker is a lot better player. And props to the Bucks coaching staff and their defensive schemes and whoever was guarding Booker. It was probably P.J. Tucker. But... I mean, you know, it seems to me that Devin Booker's uh, maybe a little more focused on what the Kardashian clan is it or mm-hmm. uh, the Jenner clan is it? I mean, those guys seem to. He's just... got Ben. He's got Ben Simmons sloppy seconds now or whatever it is. Those those guys torpedo basketball players. Yeah, you know? like... yeah. I mean, Chris Humphreys was out of the league after that divorce, right? I mean, yeah. that just ruined him. Yeah. If I if I had a player on my team start dating a Kardashian, I'd be like, get the. F- fuck out of that relationship yeah. bud yeah. uh home away splits basically the same nothing interesting there yeah. um, shout out to uh shout out to blink 182's mark hoppus who has oh, to put yeah, up true. with travis barker dating courtney uh <laughs> <laughs> uh i think it is worth noting pj tucker eliminated basically every single one of his houston teammates um and i feel great for that guy you love a hard-nosed defensive player that's that guy's always been a really good role player kind of bouncing from team to team hoping to yeah. get a former ring phoenix sun former i think he was drafted by the raptors out of texas drafted by the raptors traded yep. around yeah yep so there was that definitely was doing some ring chasing in the last few years 
Um, Here's the cool thing. Get there. Yeah. Here's the cool thing about PJ Tucker is I believe, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe the Raptors drafted him out of Texas as a four, as a power forward. And the reason he was struggling early on in his career was because he was a small four. But since P.J. Tucker has been drafted in the league, the game has changed. And now he can be a 3 and D small forward. Yeah. And that, the Bruce Bowen role for P.J. For PJ Tucker, not only saved his career, made his career. Seriously. I yeah. mean. Yeah, no, it, 100%. Coming into the NBA before the 3 and D era where they wanted fours and fives to be able to step out and hit threes. Yeah. If you were an undersized power forward, you were fucked. There's a reason Antonio Gates went to the NFL, man, because at a, coming out of Kent State, Antonio Gates was a six-five power four, which in in the early to mid two thousands, I mean, forget about it. Even six-eight power forwards were a bit undersized, and again, that was back to the basket, banging basketball in the paint. There was no, I mean, God, <laughs> other than like a Dirk Nowitzki type, there was never any expectation that you're you're bulky portly power four was going to step back and hit a three so props to pj tucker for uh being part of uh well, the change and of the going sport. through every single one of his teammates who left that team yep you know uh yeah fuck you harden <laughs> like just a big fuck you to james harden uh from you know i'm sure everyone involved here uh, any other sports stuff we missed this week, man? Shohei Otani's the greatest. He, like, I know we talked about this four mm. days ago, but like, he's just so friggin' good. It's it's unbelievable yes, how good he is. Yes, yes. Um, do you want to comment on the Seattle Kraken quickly? And before you do, can I say I want to bring up? Should we be mad at this Sarah Valley guy who leaked the roster yesterday and ruined Gary Bettman's and ESPN's big reveal? Should we be mad at that or we should be happy, right? Because yeah. information is power, right? Like yeah. that's on the NHL A for having a 10 a.m. roster deadline and, and a 9 Atlantic p.m. show. I mean, we're not living in 1985 here, Gary. It's 2021. Did you really think that was not going to get fucking leaked? Like how much of a fucking idiot are you, Gary Bettman? Yep. Like that's And you know what? That brings up another thing. Like, at what point is too much, too much here with Gary Batman, right? Like, this isn't a dictatorship. It's not an appointment for life. This isn't the Pope. This isn't the Supreme Court. What the fuck's going on here, man? Well, Why does this guy still have this job? Like, honestly. Well, because the job is to... He works for the owners and money's yes. good. I get it. Well, and, I, I get and, it. To, and to take the heat for the owners. Yeah, and no, he, I get it. I get he it. He does it excellently. You know? I get it. But even Roger Goodell who in our you know recent lifetime has taken over for Paul Tagliabue. Even Roger Goodell has put in place an exit plan. Uh, uh, you know, an understanding of, okay, I had my time. It's now time to let another guy, new blood, younger energy, right? Modern thinking, right? I just, and again, three, four work stoppages under this guy. Yeah, but I, he but he I mean, got a he got a cap in place. No, I go Vegas know, is like, great and Seattle's great. Yeah, he's got I get it. Big twenty million dollar checks going to each of these owners. I get, like, I get it. I got it. And I hate to quote my grandfather here, but 
before Bettman got the NHL's commissioner job, he was vice commissioner in the NBA. Yep. He's a basketball guy who should have never gotten the hockey job. Um, you know, my only addition to any of this shit is just like, it is a very good example of the NHL trying to sell a product and the rest of us just trying to have sports, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so here's one for you. The NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18 week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, Mm -hmm. the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seating per sources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I've Twitter, yet to get my... Twitter calling it the Cole Beasley rule, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you right now, I've yet to get my first vaccination, but you know what? I agree with that rule. I, I think the NFL's doing the right thing. Yeah. I I would actually like to go a step further and just be like, we are not going to reschedule games. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want to hear if the game can't Too be much, rescheduled. Yeah. That Too shit much money last year, especially with the Steelers, like I, yeah. I'm not making excuses for the Steelers, right? No, that was yeah, that yeah. was a mess. Yeah, that yeah. was a mess. But it, it was, was it, it was an example of we adhere to the rules we make up on the spot. Yeah. Right. So, uh, it, you know, multiple games rescheduled because other teams yeah. are having outbreaks. It's it's yeah. pretty bullshit, frankly. No, it was a mess. It was a mess. The the further I get removed from that situation and look back on it, the Steelers got screwed. Like at the time, I was just more focused on let's just keep the ship going, let's yep. get the season. Like you know, we haven't we haven't had to shut down. Like you know, and I I, I was just I was just staring at the at the the finish line in the distance, right? But being removed from it and thinking back to that now, Steelers got fucked. Yeah, they got absolutely fucked. Uh, and can I just comment quick on the Seattle Kraken here? Yeah, yeah. yeah I brought them course. up. I yep. wanted to comment on the roster. Yep. Um. Couple surprises to me. I thought they should have taken the Finnish goalie from Minnesota, Capo Kakinen. I I think I, I thought that was reckless, not just foolish, reckless to take Carson Susi over uh, Kakinen. I I thought he would have been their one A starter at goalie for the next eight years, ten years if they wanted it. Um, maybe I'll be wrong, and he won't even beat Cam Talbot for that starting job this year. We'll see. Stay tuned on that one. I was surprised they managed to get Adam Larson out of Edmonton. I know uh, Edmonton and him were trying to get a new deal done. I, I figured Edmonton was going to protect him. Uh, Mark Giordano, the Flames captain, I know that was a surprise to many. It does sound like they might move him. It sounds like the Rangers are interested. It sounds like if a deal doesn't happen, it could happen as late as the trade deadline this year um, because Giordano is a pending UFA. Uh, the Seattle pick, they ended up with a Canadian defenseman, Vince Dunn, who I am a fan of, but I thought it should have been Tarasenko. I, I thought you take Vladimir Tarasenko, you plug him in as your number one goal scorer on your number one line, on your number one power play unit, and you got that figured out. But I guess they uh, they must have thought Tarasenko was damaged goods. Um, so it is what it is there. I wow. liked the uh, Jonas Donskoy pick. Out of Colorado, I think they hit a hit a good one there. You got some, Dad. I, I was just gonna say, like, 
my feeling from watch like watching not super closely in, in all honesty but mm-hmm. is that like this is a team that just spent you know what 600 million or whatever on a team and does not want to spend to the cap they there was a lot of talk of like oh yeah we're gonna spend all the money and blah 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 and i'm like that's cool but any of the big ticket guys you could have brought in um they they could have got yeah they could have got uh duchene or johansson from nashville passed on both purely because of their contracts yeah Um, like i get i get passing on price but like tarasenko is what 26 like there's no reason to pass on that guy yeah yeah the issue there is remember the Garrett Richards angel situation where the doctors basically cost him like three years of his career. Well, Tarasenko and his people are claiming that the blues doctors fucked up his first two shoulder surgeries and that, you know, so I can see where trust is lost there and that he wants a fresh start and he wants out. But like you said, I mean, Seattle should have taken him. Um, last comment, Jordan Eberle. Uh, yeah, I've always been an Ebbs fan. Uh, I liked him in Edmonton. I liked him with the Islanders. He might be making a little too much money right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that was a good pick. Uh, I liked the pick. and I don't think Seattle's going to be Vegas right out of the gate. I think Vegas kind of spoiled some people on, on you know, things of how quick it, it can happen. But I, I think in a couple of years, Seattle might be on the road, right? I mean, Yanni Gord, he's had a couple real good years with the Lightning. That was a, that was a hell of a pick. Um, what are we missing? I mean, baseball's just kind of meh at this point. Yeah, um, I mentioned the Melvin Ingram signing, obviously, uh, going to Pittsburgh, yeah. replacing Bud Dupree. You know what, man? I'm not sure this isn't an upgrade over Bud Dupree. Now, I've been a Melvin Ingram guy going back to when he played across from uh, Clowney at South Carolina. But I don't know, man. I've been very clear of my thoughts about Bud Dupree. I think what I said about Mike Williams earlier might have been Bud Dupree last year. Welcome to my economy, guys. I'm not sure the Titans are going to get exactly the Bud Dupree that the Steelers saw the past year and a half, two years. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, but if, you're I love... not, if you're not across the fucking from TJ yeah, Watt, exactly, like, you exactly, know, and, exactly. and Melvin Ingram has always kind of had Bosa. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's a similar yeah. situation for him. It is. It is. I love it. And one thing about Melvin Ingram, a lot of people don't realize he played with his hand. Sometimes he played in a four point stance in South Carolina as a nose tackle. He can play middle linebacker. He can play outside linebacker. He can play defensive end, and he can play defensive tackle. So he's a good guy to have on the roster for when people get hurt. Uh, a couple other things I want to mention. Sorry, just just on yeah. the Ingram front, like the, the concern, and I know it's kind of obvious, but like thirty-two years old. So sometimes when you're done, you're done. Like the yeah. the, the end yeah. comes quick, and uh, yeah. you, you uh, hope that's the NFL, not true right? here. Yeah, I think yeah, the NFL absolutely. almost. I mean. Maybe not, but it, I think in a lot of ways more than most any other sport. Oh, my God, yeah. You know? My God, yeah. I, I grew up as a hockey guy. Hockey was my main sport. I lived and breathed the NHL for the first, you know, 14, 15 years of my life. I will never forget when I first started following football and seeing Pro Bowl guys getting released, not even six months later. Because growing up watching the NHL, man, if you made an NHL all-star team, you had a place in the league. Not only a place in the league, but a place on that team 
for at least minimum five years. Like that bought you real estate in the league. Whereas, in, you know, it took me some time to adjust to the NFL. Like, oh my God, these guys wash out some quick. Like, mm-hmm. just rinse, dry, and repeat. I couldn't believe the amount of Pro Bowls that were just out of the league in two years. I, I'd never seen anything like it. And in some ways, I, I'm still adjusting to it because I'm always still shocked when some guys get released. Uh, I want to mention Xavier Howard. And then, but before that, I'll, I'll hit on these two quick. Uh, it looks like the Minnesota Twins are going to be sellers. And it looks like the Tampa Bay Rays are going to be buyers. Yeah. Because uh, Tampa Bay just brought back one of their former players in Nelson Cruz, who seems to be the ageless wonder. He just keeps hitting homers every year. Um. So, yeah. An update in the AL East. Uh, the Rays are officially buyers, it looks like. And as they should be, right, with that record. Uh, Tokyo Olympics. I would not be surprised. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I would not be surprised if they call this thing. I mean, almost they, should. Any day now. they should. They should. It would be the responsible thing to do. We should not be getting this far into it, but no. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah. It is what it is. It. It, it's a good example of where we've gotten with these Olympics that we can't have cities every four years spending billions on venues that are going to be useless a year after the games are done. It's not feasible. It's not sustainable. And a good example of when something happens like a pandemic, it screws everybody. And Japan couldn't cancel these things because they had so much money invested in them. There was just too much on the line. It was too big to fail. And we've got to re-examine these things and and scale it back a bit. I don't know how you do that for where it's fair for the athletes, but something's got to be done. And I just want to end on Xavier Howard. I, I want I was pissed that I didn't get out on front of this last week. Um it's sounding like we're getting to the point where he could be wearing a different Jersey. Maybe as soon as next week, uh, it sounds like him and the dolphins are coming to a crossroads and yeah, I mean, they just, they just tore up this guy's deal and gave him a new deal this time last year. And he's already wanting more money. He's already uh, a malcontent. Stay tuned on that one because he is still a, a top three, maybe even a top two corner in this league and wherever he goes, he will, swing the pendulum he will move the needle and yeah we're talking big contenders in on him it's sounding like uh sound like the patriots might put together a package for him so stay tuned the patriots are just like willing to spend all the money at this point clearly so i think my guess is that belichick and Kraft have had some kind of a conversation to the extent that Belichick may be telling him I have X amount of years left. Let's go for it. Yep. Type thing. You got to think, right? He's not super yeah. interested uh, in like doing a long, you know, no. 10 year no. No. thing. So, uh, all right. Well, I, I think it's, I, I'm with you on the Tokyo thing. Like we just, I, I've had enough of, you know, that's a country that's not getting vaccinated and the Olympics yeah, in general, at, it's just not part of their culture. But, no, they're at only 23%. I, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, they, but the thing is, though, is in 
in Southeast Asia, places like Singapore, the reason their quarantines were so effective is they listen to the government out there. Yeah. When the government says jump, they say how high. So I'm shocked that Japan is not listening to their, their leadership and, and getting vaccinated. I, what, is it a culture thing? I don't, is there something about the Japanese and needles I'm not aware of? I, I just, I, when I saw that number, I was like, what's going on here? Um. All right, yeah, and then worth noting that DeAndre Hopkins is a fucking idiot because he's yeah. on the anti-vax train. I just saw that story now. So what? he uh, he's claiming that his sister's, I think it's his sister's fiance or his sister's boyfriend or his sister's uncle or something like that. You know, two two degrees of separation, family member type thing. Got the vaccination is now having heart problems as a result. Now, I don't have any, you know, evidence to back that claim up. I don't know why he'd lie about that. But after the blowback he got after that tweet, maybe that's a way to save face and say, hey, this is the reason I'm against it. But just to put him in his shoes, man, you're a healthy guy. You see a healthy guy, get it, and then have heart trouble. You know, some for some of these guys, they can only go off what they see. Yep. and what they what they see in front of them, right? And this is what Hopkins sees. So we all have our own realities, right? Yeah, it's just disappointing that it folks is. are like, you know, this guy tweets like, "Oh, what? Well, I, I know two people who got the vaccine and still got it." It's like, yeah, but are they in the hospital or no, dead? Exactly. No, because people aren't dying anymore. Yeah, that was what we were trying to stop. It's mm. we're never going to be in a place where there is no COVID. Yep. You know, but same thing with influenza, right? Yeah, this is this is kind of going to be the flu at this yep. point. So, yep. or even uh, what was the one they come up with the vaccine? Polio, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. polio is still around, but. The vaccine works pretty yeah, good. I saw a cartoon the other day that was like uh, uh, a kid asking their mom, like, hey, what, like, what's that scar? And they're like, oh, that's my small vo- smallpox vaccine. And they're like, why isn't there any smallpox? And it's like, because it worked. Yeah, <laughs> right? Exactly. So. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the rare ones out there who is not an anti-vaxxer, but yet has not gotten my vaccination. So I'm hoping to get the green light here any day from yeah. my... Uh, from my team of docs, it used to just be one specialist, but now I've got a whole team at 35. So good time. I, I, I hope you get it. I, yeah. uh, on Monday, uh, f- became fully vaxxed at two weeks nice. and all that good nice. stuff. And it, it like, I went to the driving range the other night and there was a bartender it was an outdoor bar, but it was a bartender without a mask and me without a mask exchanging drinks and I, I drink yeah. some money. And I was like, this is great. This is yeah. like, the yes. world is, the the world is right and normal again. So it absolutely good. is. Yeah. I just spent three days maskless coaching football, coaching kids football. So I mean, the amount of risk I just exposed yeah. myself to is yeah, phenomenal. Out, outdoor is pretty good. Outdoor. Is yeah, good. it is. It is. It was open. Yeah. Good times. All right. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. My name is Charles. He's Nick Smart, and we will talk to you again next week.